0: Well, welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. On well, Intentional Conversations, we seek to interview leaders in men's ministries to help men grow spiritually and help leaders and pastors to reach men in today's culture discussing issues men face every day. It is a program where a men's minister leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. Hey, man, this is Mike Sandel with Take Fear Men. I uh, Thank you for joining us today. It's going to be a great and interesting uh, episode, I believe. I have my good friend Michael Rivera with me. Uh, Mike and I are both connected with the Irish Rubber's Iron Network, and and that conducts equipping conferences for men all across the nation and even into Canada. And, and uh, we're we're currently in conference season. Conferences are going on all over this nation right now. I just got through doing one here a couple of weeks ago in North Carolina, and I got another one in a couple of weeks uh, on the western side of North Carolina. And I know um, Michael's got one up there in his area in Manchester, New Hampshire, in about four weeks, isn't it, Mike? Four weeks it is, May 6th. Yeah, May. yeah. so so we're just going to talk about ministering to men today, and and, and uh, in general, we don't have a particular agenda, so to speak, of what we want to talk about, but we're just going to talk in general and you know, about how churches and individuals can be more attentive, maybe, to uh, to reach their men, and uh, that's in their sphere of influence, whether it be the men within their church or the men that's outside their church, whatever the case may be. How about it, Mike? You ready to you ready to have that discussion?
1: I'm ready to have that discussion, my friend. It's good to be here with you. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, we've been both busy trying to get the conferences ready, oh, and
0: yeah.
1: making ourselves focus on how to minister to men and and praying at the same time that God will open up the hearts of men.
0: Oh, amen. Well, let me ask you this. You know, I you and I have had a lot of conversation over the last few years that we've known each other and, and uh, some great deep discussions dealing with men. But, uh, you yeah, know, ministering to men is, is hard, but at the same time, it's very rewarding. Do you agree with that? Do you think that's right? Well, Mike,
1: yeah, um, I've been doing this for over 20-some-odd years. Mm-hmm. And uh, tilling the ground uh, out here in New England – one of the hardest things in the ground here in new england is stone they call yeah. it the atlantic state because yeah. when you go down you hit nothing but rock you mm. know and you keep digging you hit more rock you know and it, mm. and it delays you and it it frustrates you and for 20 years i hit a lot of rock and now i'm seeing some things happening with men but yeah it's one of the toughest toughest ministries uh to deal with men but the most, the beauty of the whole thing is when the light bulb goes on, and they get the message. You know, it's very rewarding and uh, it's amazing. I say it this way: it's one of the hardest ministries of a man, but when a man wakes up, watch out! Uh, watch out!
0: Uh, you know? It is. That's true. I, I tell people a lot of times. You know, I have somebody say, "Oh, men's ministry is easy." I said, "You're not doing men's ministry." <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's not. Because because I I tell guys a lot of times when they say I want to be involved in men's ministry, I I applaud them for that and I encourage them greatly. But I said, but I'm not going to lie to you. It will be one of the hardest things you will ever do in your ministry. And, And I think that may be the reason why a lot of churches don't really have a true ministry to men. What do you think about that? Do you agree? Well, part of it is is
1: is they don't know how to. It could be they don't know how to minister to men. Yeah. Men are a unique creature. We're, we're, <laughs> we're yet unique, you know. Uh, 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 who was it? I heard somebody says, this is the conversation most men have, you know, and says, yeah. hey, Mike, uh, you want to go fishing with me And uh, next week? And Mike answers, yep, that's it. <laughs> that's the conversation. Yep, you know. Uh, no detail, just, yep, I'll go with you, you know, and that's it. But ministering to men in the, in the body of Christ is, is one, is is challenging because probably they don't know how to. Two, the support system, if it's not there, it's not going to work. Yeah. If the heads or the leadership or the lead pastor doesn't get it, it's not going to work. And then maybe that's the reason, one of the reasons, one, not the, but one of the reasons why most men's ministry don't succeed because... Leadership saying we're wasting too much time with this, too much money is being wasted into this thing. Uh, let's just keep it general, and then that's it. Let's just have events, and then that's it. You know, yeah. and and a men's ministry in most churches winds up to be event orientated and not relational. Yeah, so, yeah, it <laughs> is. It is. That's one of, one of the reasons.
0: Yeah, that, that's true because so many so many churches I talk to, their leaders I talk to, and I ask them about their ministry to men, and they say, yeah, we have one. I said well, tell me about it. And, and it ends up being basically a, a Saturday morning breakfast or a Tuesday night supper or something like that where they just get together and have meals and and, um, and maybe have a devotion, have somebody share a testimony or something like that, which there's nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that at all. But that's it. That's all they do. And they, they call that men's ministry. But men's ministry, ministry men is so much more than that. So oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I think uh, one of the things is it's it's what, like when the light bulb goes on, you you, you got to say, watch out! The men are, are released. They're gonna do yeah. some damage in the kingdom of the of the enemy. They're gonna really make some damage there, uh, in the sense that they're gonna bring a lot of folks to to God. Their families gets listen. When a man gets comes to know Jesus Christ, his kids will come to know Jesus Christ. His yeah. wife comes to know Jesus Christ. So it affects the whole. The one guy. And somehow the enemy knows that and makes it a very frustrating atmosphere for most guys who are trying to get mm-hmm. things rolling. Right mm-hmm. now, I got two guys that are not from this church, from another church. They call me, Mike, why is it so hard to do this? I said, congratulations, you're in men's ministry.
0: You know? You're in men's ministry. And when you begin to realize how difficult it is, you are you are really getting into the, the, the crutch of the ministry. And uh, and because the Lord's really beginning to, uh, uh, to reward you, yeah, so I say, reward might not be the right word, but He's begin He's beginning to influence you in how to reach men, and you need to understand that you can't reach every man the same way. Yeah, right, right, and and
1: every man is different, and so, but understanding just men in general and how they approach God is one thing. Uh, and uh, I try to, as far as with me, understanding how a human being learns. Yeah. Uh, and my, part of my background is, is child psychology and, and education. And I've learned that a human being learns in five ways. They learn through their eye gate, ear gate, mouth gate, and touching, you know, and yeah. so forth. So most men, most men like to see. That's how they mm-hmm. learn. They like to see things. You know, I'm a I'm a viewer. I like to see. That's how I learn. If I see things, I learn, you know, other men learn by doing, mm-hmm. They learn how to do. So if you as a leader can learn how to approach men in those five areas, you can do something with them and intrigue them uh, and bring them in. Uh, right now, I'm working with with two guys who are are, are developing their men's ministry. And we're, we're just talking and finding out what the pitfalls are and so forth. They're getting some support, and I say that very carefully, they're getting some support from their leaders, Not full. I said, well, that's going to be challenging if you don't get a full support from your leaders, you know. Uh, I mean, you can have a few guys over at your house for a cup of coffee and sit down with them, and that's how you begin. Grab three guys that you know, hang out with them, start having coffee, start having something, go hang out, have breakfast in the morning, and, and then maybe a half hour, maximum, half hour, maybe just a little devotional and prayer and then go home, you know? And then you do that. You keep practicing that. And these guys are going to get it. You guys are going to get it. And so for me, I've been here in this church, myself, for over 23 years. Within those 23 years, it took us close to 14 years to get men to pray together. Mm. 14 years. Now we we got a men's prayer group every Saturday, Mike, for one hour. Eight to nine, we meet. Eight to nine, we pray every single Saturday without fail. And then uh, we have a a flag post. We got three flag posts. We got the American flag. We got the uh, Christian flag. And then we call the prayer flag of the week. That means we pray for a different country each week. So we go after we finish praying for the needs of our families, the needs of our community, the needs of ourselves here at the church, we go outside. And we pray for the country of that week, wow. and as men together around the flagpole. And people are honking their horns. People look up; they see men around there. And I said, the reason why we, uh, we do that because visually, again, people learn visually. They see men coming together. What's going on over there? What is happening? And it says, "Hey, we're praying. You guys pray? <laughs> yes, men pray. You know, and it affects them." Uh, this scripture comes to my mind, Mike, all the time. Every time I think about this this prayer time that we have with men, Jesus grabbed his disciples, I believe in John 13, 38, and he tells them this. Hey, guys, look, I, I'm about to give you a new commandment. And I could only imagine some of them, a new commandment? Lord, we have 813 of them. <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? A new one, you know? Yeah, but this one is unique. This one is is going to do something. Mm-hmm. It has to do with you guys, how you treat one another, how you yep. come together as men. What's yep. that? Love each other the same way I love you. That action, Mike, my approach to you, Mike, is to love you the same way Christ loved me. When I do that, the result of that, the world will know that we belong to God.
0: Amen. And, and, Amen. Amen.
1: And so that's the that's the fight. That's the, the the picture of the kingdom of God. That if we're going to display anything about God, we have to treat each other right, brothers. Amen. You know, I mean, I, I've said this to you many times. Hey, brother from another mother. You know, <laughs> you know, because it's the sense of brotherhood, the sense of camaraderie and respect for one another. Uh, so I'm trying to teach that to these guys. Is this is the way we begin. Uh, I'll tell you this. and i You play sports, Mike. I believe you play sports. You know, I played sports. And in sports, they teach you how to become a team. That's right. You watch each other's back. I was raised in the streets of New York City. And in the streets of New York City, there was a non, uh, non-written rule that you watch for each other's back. We used to get a knife and cut our hands and mix our blood together. And we became what is called blood brothers. Right, right. You know, and that's what we need to somehow bring about again within the, the the body of Christ with men. We're brothers, man. We watch each other's back. I make sure uh, it's my responsibility as a brother to keep an eye on you and vice versa. You know, now the other part of, of leadership, when I deal with leadership, I say this, guys, it's not about being in charge. Stop that nonsense. It's not about being in charge. It's about caring for those in your charge. Yeah. You as a leader, you care for those in your charge. And you start caring for them, you're going to see growth. You're going to see relationship building. You're going to see all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's hard. You break the ground. You remove the rocks. You plant the seed. And you watch. Yeah. Watch things grow. Um, yeah. and, and if we don't do that, Mike, then we're just, you know... Now, you know I don't know what to say <laughs> yeah you
0: know, it, 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 it's it's interesting you know you share the this what's going on there to our church uh, which is great the the interesting thing is that so many of our churches we don't have men like you and me who are leading their church uh, in their men's group they're not they're not focused or called toward lead men i I recently saw a video, uh, that a church put together very professionally, I might add, it was very well done. And uh, talking about the, the aspect of the church of the local church there and the ministry of that church and all the things that they do. And, um, and they, and they spoke about the kids ministry and the youth ministry and college ministry. And they talked about their small groups. They talked about the mission a- opportunities that they do locally and foreign and all that. But then I all of a sudden realized that there was nothing in their, in their, video talking about ministering to women or ministering to men so i come away from looking at that video i'm like men and women are not important to this church the only people that's important to this church is kids and youth you know and uh because they they shared nothing about pouring into those those adult lives they were just talking about using those adults to do other things Wow. And, uh, and so I think we have a, I think there's an issue there in a lot of churches where men walk away from that church and say, they don't care about me. Yeah.
1: They don't care about me.
0: Yeah. And, but yet the mindset of the church is uh, they that, that they are because they have, you know, Sunday school, they have all these mission opportunities and things like that that men can participate in, but they're not really speaking into the men's lives. And yet and yet we want men to walk
1: right we want men to talk right we mm-hmm. want men to act right and yet we're not speaking into their lives in a way that they understand you know I, I like to be spoken to in a way and respected as what you know who i am as a man and be spoken to as a man and what is my responsibility in my home uh in the church and so forth challenge me to that point you know now i'm at an age where you know i I'm, i want to be challenged i i'm waiting for the challenge because Hey, God's called me to do something, and I want to be responsible to that. And I want to act right. And so I want to be that example towards others. I think, yeah. like, I think the other part is that we look at Scripture with a different lens. And when we look at the life of Christ, we don't see how he started his ministry. You know, I, I think I forgot what's the name of that book. Oh, my goodness. But the, the couple of sentences that he used in this book was this. Jesus started his ministry with 12 guys, men's ministry. Right. He knew their wives. He knew their kids. He knew where they live. He ate with them. He hung out with them. He was relational in that sense. And I think we, 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 we forget how to become that relational because we're afraid of exposure, I guess we're afraid of opening up my secret to you. And you're going to shame me, you know, instead of restoring me or strengthening me, Jesus took 12 knuckleheads and he trained them. The three, he did three things. He picked them, he taught them, and then he released them, you know, And, and we need to do that with men's ministry. We need to pick them, teach them, and then go ahead, bro, run, run this race, go, Minister to other guys. You know, go out there. Yeah. And so I, I think we forget how to look at the scriptures in the lens in which God has told us how to minister to men. If Jesus took 12 guys, and that, this is not negating the women, and it's not negating children. It's not it's not putting, it, he just noted that the men are the responsible leaders of the home if you're married. And if you're single, then God wants you to be the most powerful single young man in the community or in the neighborhood or in the church. He wants you to let your light shine and, and show that your identity, which most young men struggle with, your identity is found in Christ, not found in anything else, but your identity. And with the, with the married man, hey, listen, dude, you represent the kingdom of God and how in marriage, how God's kingdom looks like, you know, and you need to reflect that. And how do you do that? Let's let's teach you how, you know, let's sit down over a cup of coffee and talk about your relationship with God. You know, most men are afraid of that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, they are. But they much. But, you know, the the interesting fact is uh, we go back to our very beginning of our discussion. um, Most churches do not know how to begin those kinds of conversations. They don't know how to develop those kinds of relationships with individuals to help them to grow deeper. Um research just came out with a, uh, 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 looking at uh, the various generations right now, and, and the conclusion was a vast majority of U.S. adults report that they would like to grow spiritually. Now, they didn't define what that meant, but they, but they're looking for something. And in fact, the interesting of the numbers was that the baby boomers were the least of the, of the numbers that wasn't looking to grow spiritually.
1: Really? You know, those oh, that were born in, Yeah, those that were born
0: from 46 to 64, basically, 1946 to 1964. And But it was still up there. It was still 72%. But the interesting thing was is that the Gen Xs, the ones that's right behind the baby boomers, and the millennials who are now approaching or getting into their 40s, uh, that number was 77% of those individuals are looking to grow spiritually. So there's an there's a untapped source there that we can go out and tap. They're, they're not looking for these, for these breakfast times or these supper times or, or just these gathering times. They're looking for people who will pour and speak into their lives. And and being intentional in their relationship, developing that relationship you you were talking earlier, and it takes it takes us guys um, who 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 are who are matured in Christ and, and and to be able to speak into them, go out to to o- offer ourselves to them, and and we're not we're not encouraging. I don't think our churches are encouraging our men to do that. They're they're not training them how to do that. They're not the, they're not they're not getting involved in the right. Uh, group studies, I should say, that will make that happen. Yeah, you yeah. Know, uh, and so I, many I, of them want to get in. So many of them want to get into the deep aspect of. It. They want to get into the theological studies of the scripture. Once again, nothing wrong with that. But most of your men are not there.
1: Right, right. They're not right. there.
0: And 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 there are tools out there.
1: There there are yes. organizations out there that help you not to steal men away from you, but yeah. to help you strengthen your men in your local church. Iron Sharp and Zion is one of those tools that Absolutely. provides tools in those seminars for you to, they can go back home and actually use these tools. Exactly. I mean, you won't have tools on your shelf just to look good and to make it look like you're busy because those tools are gonna collect dust if you don't use them. We wanna give you tools that to, to do great things in your local churches. So yeah, there's tools out there. Use those tools. Uh, uh, that are out there. Uh, you're talking about uh, young men. I got a 28 a, a year old kid who just brought me this. He's, <laughs> he, he's just in the other room. Mike, he runs his own business. Yeah. It's called Omega Consulting. He runs his own business. And you're right. He's looking for mentorship. He's looking, he says, Mike, can you be my mentor? Can you teach yeah. me? You know, and we spent we before we came before I came on here, we had lunch together and we started talking about just each other, about growth, about what he's learning in Christ and things of that nature. Yes. The, he, and he's he's that. What do you call that? Ex-millennial or millennial X or whatever you call
0: 28 it. years old. Yeah, he's he's he, he's basically at the, 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 the lower end of the millennials, more towards the Gen Z. Gen Z. and And, and he is looking for.
1: He's looking for a mentor. He's looking for someone that he can look up to to help him to become this man. He's twenty eight years old. Yeah. You know, he's I, man. What was I doing at twenty eight, man? <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't running a business at twenty eight. You know, but this young man who's sharp and he and we talk a lot and he looks for guidance. Um, he, I, he's running his own small group too now. You know, but he keeps coming to say, "Mike, teach me some more." So. Uh, Young men are hungry. The older guys, hey, wake up, man, and feed these guys the right thing. But if you don't know how to, there are tools out there that can help you. Again, I'm going to have to make reference to Iron Shop and Zion. Cape Fear Men is another one of those tools that can grab a hold uh, of you, sit down, and really help you grow and uh, uh, in this level of being, becoming a man. I, I'm sorry. With scripture, it keeps running in my head when we talk about these topics. But in the book of Hebrews, I believe in, I'm not sure if it's chapter 5, but the writer of Hebrews says this. You know something? You've been a believer for such a long time, but you've been unskillful in how you handle God's word. You need to go back to principles. In other words, you've been saved for how many years? 25, 30, 15 years, and you still don't know your relationship with God? You still don't know how to handle God's word? You need to go back. To, to 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 baby food again you know and it's a shame because we have men out there who've been quote in the Lord for a long time and they should have been as the writer says you should have been a teacher by now you shouldn't have been a one leader. of
0: those
1: yeah you should have one been of those. guys yeah and and yeah. and so I think for guys like Mike and myself who have this uh calling I didn't place this calling on me I'm responding to a call of God amen. And I'm responding to that. So I got to adhere to this and do this with this charge. Hey, I'm here. Mike's here. Iron shopman's irons here. And there's other tools out there that help you grow. And if you're a leader out there and you're listening to this, tap into these resources in order for us to guide and strengthen you and, and, and even lift you up in prayer. You know, yeah. we can be your Aaron and we can be your her. And lift up your arms and praise. Amen.
0: I and, and 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 since you brought up iron sharpening iron, I want to put a plug in because we do have conferences that are still occurring in several several locations through May, and um, I mean ones in in Kannapolis, North Carolina, in two weeks. I know Manchester, Manchester, New Hampshire, is in four weeks, and there's others I can't think of right now because those are the two you and I are are intricately involved in, but. The interesting thing I think is that a lot of people, a lot of men, a lot of men, a lot of leaders in churches have a misconception even though Iron Sharpens Iron has been around for 23 years, they have a misconception about what these conferences are all about. These are not conferences where you just go in and listen to somebody preach to you and, and, and in between preachers you, you sing a few songs. these are these are these are conferences where a man at the beginning of the day is going to challenge you with growing in Christ drawing and helping to listen to these guys that are here, we doing these breakout sessions uh, to equip you to be that, that, that husband, that dad, um, that friend, that leader in your church that you need to be, even your leader in your workplace. And then there's, the, then there's those uh, breakout sessions throughout the day that you can go to that has a specific interest that you may be interested into that can speak into your life. And it's not something to advertise a particular ministry. They're not there. That's not what they're supposed to be doing. They're not to advertise a particular ministry, but they are to give you something that you can take away from there and take it back to your church to either allow you to apply into your church life and ministry or into your family's life. Yes. So that you can grow it, and and if there are resources that you see there that helps you to put those tools into your tool belt to be able to do that that's great but the purpose of an iron Sharpens iron conference is truly what it says is to equip you to be the man of god god has called you to be at such a time as this in your life yes. and uh, and, right. and i was yeah and i was strongly encouraged any of you guys out there that's close by uh, to these conferences uh, that you go to them uh, you can go out there to the Iron sharp website and look at the conferences, the ones that are coming up this fall. I mean, this spring, and yeah, there'll be some more in the fall. But uh, and, and and get involved. You will come away from blessed. I want to tell you some. Uh, one we had two weeks ago. I had uh, a couple of guys walking around the auditorium in our midday gathering assembly before we went into our afternoon uh, seminars, and asking them what did they what what did they take away from the from the conference uh, this morning and on uh, anything in particular. And they were all sharing certain things. And I had this one guy stand up and share and he said, can I say one more thing? I said, sure. You know, and he said, this is better than promise keepers. Ah! <laughs> oh! And I was like, you know, I, like, you know, I appreciate him saying that, but I just want people to understand I'm not saying that because I think we're better than promise keepers. It, you know, promise keepers are very good. We were, we were, we were, most of us in ministry is involved in promise keepers at some point. But, but, you know, the point is, it's two different things. Right. It's two right. different ministries. Right. And, so, uh, and, and our goals are two di-
1: different. Sandra, then, yeah. then, then Iron shop and Zion. Promise keepers has this place of challenge and, and encouragement and inspiration. Whereas yeah. promise keeper, I mean, with Iron shop and Zion, we give you tools. Yeah. To take back home and to actually exercise those things that you are taking you know one of the things mike you mentioned is that no the, the seminar uh, leaders and they're not supposed to be advertising the administrators. they're supposed to give you some tools you know and challenge you and that yeah. way, you can take those tools and work at it at home. If you're if you're if you're lacking communication skills, and, pro, and Iron Sharpens Iron provides a seminar that deals with communication, go to it. If you're yeah. lacking, if you're if you're lacking in the area of relationship, and there's a seminar on brotherhood, go to it. You know, if you're uh, lacking in prayer, and there's a seminar and how do men pray, go to that and you learn and grab that tool, take it back home and take charge men. You know, take it back. Uh, Back. Back. And, and John, we're not about taking anybody from, you know, uh, Iron shop and is not about uh, uh, stealing anybody. It's about equipping, 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 that you can go back Amen. and, uh, and Amen. change your community, change your home, change your church atmosphere, man. Look, if, if you go back men into an iron shop and you go back home and you inspire 10 guys to go to the altar of your church on a Sunday they're gonna be looking at you, said, "What is going on with these men?" you know. I says hey, they're gonna see it. when the men lead, people
0: follow. You know, amen, amen, amen. Well, Michael, I hate to say this, but our time's up. Amen. We got, we, we gotta kind of kind of wrap this thing up, and I you know, appreciate uh, you being on and and just having this conversation as God led us in the, in this area. I do want to share some scripture with the people. You know, some of my most famous. Most notably, uh, scriptures that I share a lot of times comes out of Ecclesiastes chapter four, nine and ten. You and I have talked about that before. Mercies were two better than one because they bring a greater reward to their labor. And if one falls down, there's another there to lift him up. I think that verse, Ecclesiastes four verse nine and ten, is the epitome of ministering to men in a lot of ways. I know we use Psalm twenty seven seventeen, which says, "As iron sharpens sand, so, so does one man sharpen another," and that's very true. But the fact is, we that goes. Ecclesiastes uh, verses go back to the fact fact of having each other's back, being there for each other. And Then I want to encourage the men, as Joshua was encouraged by God himself when he uh, took over from Moses and began to lead the Israelites into the promised land. God says, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything that is written in it, and then you will be prosperous and successful. And that doesn't mean that you will get rich. It just means you will have God's blessings upon your life as, he, as you as you continue to work in him. So those are those are three verses I really want to encourage men uh, as we begin to close out. Is there any parting words you would like to say, uh, Michael, as we close out? Well, gentlemen,
1: uh, I've learned a lesson throughout the week uh, uh, that I want to share with you in, in, in maybe 30 seconds is this, man. I almost got into a car accident because I was driving on the right lane, making the proper turn right. And this other guy got on the wrong lane, making a left turn on the wrong lane. And and he, he just, it was just bad. And we didn't kiss each other as far as the cars, but he said a few words, you know, and I told him, make the proper turn at the right lane and drove away. The Lord spoke to me and says, how many of my men? Are making the r- the left turns on the wrong lane, gentlemen. Mm. I'll tell you this: you need we need to get back on the right lane. You know the the proper lane in which to make proper turns and make right decisions. Because if you make the wrong decision on the wrong lane, it could be catastrophe.
0: You Amen. Know? Amen. That's my thought. Well, Michael, thank you. I got your email up there for anybody who wants to reach out to you and, and uh, make a contact with you. I Ask you to come and. Uh, speak at their church, or the men's groups, or or just contact you and ask you questions about anything we have, we have talked about or anything in men's ministry. You guys, uh, it is it is Mike J Mike Choice or M I K E J O C E three zero at gmail dot com for those who are listening to just the audio of this and uh, reach out to Michael and I guarantee you he will be glad to speak out to you. And for me, if you want to, you want to speak out to me, just you can email me at mike.sanlon at And I appreciate you, uh, in, in anything that you may send to me, questions, uh, concerns, comments, whatever the case may be. I'd love to hear from you. Love to hear what kind of topics you, you would like to do. And so I thank you for listening to intentional conversations. Intentional conversations with Mike Salen is a production of capefearmen.net. And I would love for you to leave a comment about this particular episode. Uh, Share with us your thoughts. It helps us as we develop more programs to help you to be men who fight the battle for men's souls. But for now, I'm going to leave you with this blessing. I pray that God will give you a rock to stand on. He will give you a brook to drink from and a tree to shade you. This is Mike Sandlin saying God bless. And I hope you will join us the next time on Intentional Conversations with Mike Sandlin. (music) you <music>